Hi there, and thanks for uh, listening to the Hoop Collective. Um, a few weeks ago, special producer Andrew Hahn. What is your actual title? Uh, it's not special producer. That <laughs> makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> producer especial. Um, he had a really interesting idea. He said to me, "You know, wouldn't it be remarkable, Andrew? What did you say to me?" I said. Brian, uh, let's do a podcast from LeBron's first home game in Los Angeles. And you said, I'm not going to be there in Los Angeles. And well, I, that's, <laughs> I did say that. I said, I don't need any more of these LeBron home openers. I'm tired of it. I've had all these LeBron home openers. I've had enough of them. No, I wasn't going to be here. Um, but I am here. Interesting. I am here in Los Angeles. Um, but we thought it might be interesting. Instead of doing a podcast like on Monday or Tuesday where we took people who were there and said what it was like we thought we might try something here and do a podcast in real time yeah just show people what it's like to be at the game while we're at the game right so what we're going to do here is we're going to take you through saturday october 20th at the staples center uh what it what it's like as we sit here it's um what time is it andrew it is currently 2 20 pacific time 2.20 afternoon. It is a beautiful day in Los Angeles, 75 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. There's, they're setting up for countdown. They're setting up for countdown. Outside. On Chickhorn Drive, there's a big, some kind of Nike display thing at LA Yeah, there's Life some Plaza. sort of Nike event outside. The people are here are very excited. Um, there's a Kings game going on right now, and they're getting absolutely crushed. So we're going to try this out and see. We have no idea how it's going to go. Um, there's going to be a lot of excitement in the arena. You know, it's only, it's October, it's so early in the season. Like nothing in the game is really going to make a big difference whether they win by 20, whether they lose by 20. Um, you know, LeBron's, when LeBron has had early season starts with his other teams, they've not gone well. Um, his first ever home opener with the Cavs, he played like a dog, um, against Carmelo, who's here in town tonight with the Rockets, 16 years later. His first game in Cleveland was against the Knicks, against Carmelo, and, uh, Carmelo totally outplayed him. Um, well, you know what? I gotta be honest with you. I should probably let our reporters know this is the third time he's having a home opener <laughs> against Carmelo with a third different team. Um, but, um, yeah, we're just gonna go through and see how this is, and we'll try to take you inside. And just talk about the buzz and what's going on, and, and you can experience it with us. Yeah. So get ready for LeBron's first game in Los Angeles with Brian Windhorst, Andrew Hahn. I have no idea who we're going to talk to. And when I listen back to this podcast, I don't even know what's going to happen next. So this is going to be exciting. Now it's five o'clock. We're in the Staples Center. Um, they are changing over the floor from the hockey game, which was sadly a King's loss. All of Los Angeles is still in mourning. Um, and uh, changing it over to the Lakers because the Lakers have a game here in a couple hours. This is a feat of logistical marvel. I know we're watching it. We're in the um, we're in the hockey press box high above the court here. Um, that voice you just heard was Kevin Arnovitz who is here to write about tonight's Lakers-Rockets game. Uh, LeBron James' first game as a Laker at home, uh, at least in the regular season. Kevin, what are they doing right now? Tell us what we're, what, what, we're, what, what we're seeing is 
so a hockey rink is infinitely larger than a basketball court. Well, not right? infinitely. You can. Well, you can actually, a, we could you, measure, you right? Could it's not infinite. Footage. There's probably a factor of something. Right. You're right. Thank you. For, You're welcome. I, I'm going to be I'm more here, precise I'm, I'm in my language you. on your podcast. Good job. And so they are filling in the seats. So you get those like behind the basket seats. And then it's sort of like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. They got these panels, and we're watching ice turn to wood. Kevin, you had said right before we started recording that you were shocked to have been able to secure real estate in the press room at 4.30. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of the most... Brian, am I correct to assume that as regular season media credentials go, this might be up there with Miami at Boston in October of 2010? Well, so I'll never forget LeBron's first ever game in Sacramento. They had 300 media there. Um, which was the uh, the most they'd ever had for a game in Sacramento. That was in 2003. I mean, there aren't even 300 hotel rooms in Sacramento in 19 or <laughs> Not 2003. In 2003. You're probably right. right. Um, this will be pretty big, and um, just what ESPN is doing for this. So this is a Saturday during college football season. ESPN would not ever televise nationally a a game. A, 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 would use a college football spot where yes it might it might be taking the place of a Arizona State versus UCLA game some Pac um, Pac 12 game Utah um, you know Stanford but they are bumping a game off of ESPN bumping a college basketball game off a college football game off ESPN to televise this game you know we don't televise one off games we always televise double headers Wednesdays Fridays we have special um, single Saturday night games, but those don't start until after football season. Um, we're televising a one-off game in at, at well. Let's put it this way: we wouldn't do a one-off game that would start at ten thirty Eastern, which is what we're doing here for this. And not only that, the countdown set is out in on Chickern. Uh, is a Boulevard or Court? Chickern. Uh, Chickern Way. Chickern Way, um, like it's a finals game. Uh, this is a big deal. It's a big night for the league. You know, and in some I was thinking about this, in some respects, the league gets its top brand um, married to its top star. And, yes. and and I think that's the first time really since, I don't know, you know the moment Kobe was obviously the, the, the top individual brand, probably to the moment you try, but it's yeah, the but first time in several years. Yeah, that was sort of organic. It, uh, it, right. it grew to that. It's finally here, guys, in America an individual can get married to a franchise. <laughs> We've reached that point in the country. Well, <laughs> let's avoid... No, never mind. Um, so, the buzz in the city is pretty... It's pretty crazy out there. There's a lot... There's a lot of excitement, Kevin. Did you... Are you do you feel that? That for an October game, it's, it just feels... Yeah, it, it's funny. There, there's this contradiction at work. Angelinos like to pride themselves on this notion that, oh, any star in the world can go have drinks at Bar Marmol and be unbothered. Or we, we leave our celebrities alone at the, at the Brentwood Country Market. And, but the truth of the matter is, is Angelinos need superstars for the ecosystem to exist the way it's supposed to exist. And people are kind of, and you, you do feel that, that, that buzz. Again, it kind of, well, finally, sort of order has been restored. The Lakers have the biggest star. Well, of course. We had a uh, impromptu meeting um, this afternoon to go over what the intro verbiage would be on Countdown. And there was a meeting between the producers, and I was in there, and we we're trying to figure out what Beatle, Michelle Beatle, was going to say to sort of set up the moment. 
And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Beatles going to say whatever she wants to say. But we were talking about what might be in the teleprompter. And we were talking about how the capital, the world capital of entertainment and sort of one of the American capitals of sports, Staples Center, downtown L.A., is the intersection with one of the great sporting brands. Hopefully they'll come up with something a little bit more smooth than that, but like it's, it is the intersection of, entertain, of the sports and entertainment and branding capitals yeah. starting tonight. And sort of thinking about it from the LeBron standpoint, you know, he's played for two previous franchises in the NBA. I mean, arguably, he might go down as the best player of all time. I don't want to litigate that right now, but he has played for a woebegone franchise that happens to be his home team. He has played for a well-admired franchise, but one that's younger than he is. And it's interesting, just sort of looking at him on the Lakers, as he is joining this legacy franchise. Um you know, and, and again, not necessarily with the utmost goal this season to win. I mean, obviously the goal is to win a title, but but it isn't. Um, you know, this was in some ways. I don't want to reduce it to a brand exercise, but I mean, but it is a. It, it's interesting for because you know, thinking about LeBron as Cavs, Heat, these aren't legacy tentpole franchises. The Heat are an exceptionally well-run organization, but you know, here he is, Kevin, as a connoisseur of game operations and in arena game operations. He, he is a connoisseur. That's that's right. Yes. Well, thank you. Um, can you walk the audience through just how the Lakers' introduction is different from other teams in the league and just what they do differently? Kind of, It's beautiful minimalism at work. Um, and there are a couple of different factors. For those who don't go to a lot of games, I mean, generally speaking, the, the default around the league right now is to create as much artificial noise, pyrotechnics, literally, like like flames coming out of, I don't know, steel torches, um, lots of sirens, and, you know, make some noise and, and prompting. The Lakers really, I don't think, have changed much of their general tone and orchestration for many years. I mean, they, there might be a couple new effects here or there, this, this white curtain, but by and large, they keep it really minimal. Number one, they have Lawrence Tanner, who is the finest public address in the league. A bass baritone actually is a long time, has had a long time jazz show on, on Los Angeles radio. And, you know, Make there's... Girls. Right. There, and there's no... Not God, number 41. It's at God. From the University of Georgia, number one, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, it is, there's gravitas to the whole thing. Uh, the light sequence here is all different. You can see it's much more amber. We can't see. Um, I mean, we can see, but they can't see. see. So there are these amber lights that are almost, it's really well, soft what light. What I would call it is, is theater uh, lighting. Theater lighting. So the, the, the house lights are down. And the uh, there are bright lights uh, onto the court. When I first came into the league, um, the Knicks and the Lakers were the only two teams that do it. Some other teams have picked up on it now, but especially the Lakers wearing the home gold, it pops. It has a real pop. Like Kevin says, though, the the lighting is a little bit different. It's a little warmer. It's, it's warmer. It's gold. Yeah. I mean, you can see the gels, if those are gels. We can't see the gels. Um, I mean, we can see them, the, but the You, listener, can. cannot. Um, <laughs> but, but but transport yourself here yes. with us, right. dear <laughs> listener. And it's just really appealing. Right. And I say this many fealty to the Lakers, but it's just a more minimalist, chill kind of and let they, the game they speak they still play the Who, right? The Who is... They so. play Who songs. They don't play the you know um, what's the latest song that um, God I'm showing my old whiteness. Um, <laughs> the 
Yeah, they're not. They're not chasing come the on, big pop on, songs of the moment. Any, any any popular song? What's the real popular one right now? Sicko mode. Sicko, Sicko mode. mode. Yes. The LeBron's first home game in Cleveland in two thousand three was a pretty big event. Um, I know because Phil Knight came. Oh, that's which I thought was interesting. Phil Knight also came to the Lakers. Uh, first chair, founder and chairman of Nike for those. Sorry, yeah. founder chairman of Nike. Uh, he's come to maybe five LeBron games in his career, and one was his first game. And it, by the way, it was against Carmelo. Uh, his oh, first were opened in Cleveland. His first home game. Okay. I mean, they started on the West Coast, but right. his first home game was against Carmelo. Um, Phil Knight came the other night in uh, in Portland. I mean, it was a home game for Phil. But I thought that was interesting that there's sort of a, a spread of time. Um, his first home game in my in, in Miami, I don't even remember who it was. I remember his first game was against. Um, it was at Boston, at Boston, at Philly, and then home. Who did we have? Don't remember. But I remember they played terrible in Boston. Oh, it was like he and, 89, 81. Yeah, he and Wade had like 10 turnovers between them. LeBron's first home game. Second time around with Cleveland against the Knicks. Might have been Orlando and Carmelo again, and just uh, by the way, that in 2003 Carmelo outplayed LeBron. The Nuggets won in 2014 when LeBron came back to Cleveland. Opener at home was against the Knicks. The Cavs played like dogs, uh, which actually was an indication of how they were going to play for the first couple of months of the season. Like a dog, they played. Like Mello played great. It was also against Mello. Here we are. Again, really big night, and it's Mello, although Mello has a much more limited role. But it's interesting to, to see the way you can almost mark the passage of time with those oh. moments. So it'll be interesting to see whether this is a historic night because of hype or a historic night because of the actual performance that we see because this would be a night where LeBron would show out but I I don't know if he's at the top of his game right now so we'll see I I think it's I'm not going to say it's strictly symbolic but to me this is is about Laker restoration and, and kind of LeBron's Sort of next chapter, and uh, you know, kind of the monumental marriage of, of, of brand and brand, really. We'll see how the wedding ceremony goes. Tonight. Yes, indeed. Hello, hello, hello. All right, it's 6.30. Um, we're outside the locker rooms. Uh, James Harden arrived in a bright pink suit. I'm with Dave McMenamin, Laker, B-Writer, and Ramona Shelburne, who, for legal reasons, I have to say, is doing this with of her own volition. This is just my Saturday night, Because man. she is on maternity leave after her son Danny was born three weeks ago, and yet she has ventured down here to Staples Center of her own volition, not being forced to do this. I um, didn't even drive. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I mean, I also, like, you know, on the Sabbath, we don't drive. I'm a Jewish person, and we don't drive. So I had somebody drive for me. Okay, so, so, okay, so, it's like really so not for working. HR yeah, purposes, yeah. Right. Ramona is just chilling. Purposes, That's right. Totally cool. Okay. And we just happened to see her. This was not planned. I just um, bumped into right. you. So, um, Dave, you remember um, LeBron's home opener in Cleveland I do. four years ago? I do. I believe Carmelo Anthony was on the other side that night. <laughs> 
And he was also on the other side in 2003, LeBron's yes. first ever home game you don't with know the Cavs. This, but I already said this earlier on the podcast. But yes, and okay. he won both those games. Right. But I, I can't talk about 2014. Uh, what stands out? Let's he was see. terrible. They were terrible. He yeah, was terrible. 17 points. I think he was 5 for 17 or something like that from the field. Yeah. The Cavs had no rhythm. They didn't look like a team with an identity yet or a direction. At least the team that we saw for the Lakers on Thursday in for Portland, sure. they have a style of play already. And LeBron looked great. And they have a direction. Yes. I mean, they, and it's fast. Um, I am I'm going to spread the word uh, before this game that nobody should freak out either way. Okay. LeBron scores 45 and the Lakers win by 20. Let's not freak out. Other, LeBron scores 15 and Lakers lose by 30 and we're not going to freak out. Can I fly in from a 10,000 foot national perspective? Please. Please. I think there's a major freak out opportunity here, but not for the Lakers. Ah, look at you, Ramona. I mean, I'm just saying if Houston comes in here and drops to 0-2 and they gives already, up a ton of points like they did the other night against the Pelicans, I don't know. If I'm the Rockets, I'm not feeling all that great about they that. They gave up 131 the other night, and the Lakers scored 119. Well, already. the Pelicans then came back and scored 149 in their second game. So right. another way to look at yeah. this would be that they maybe held them down. That's true. <laughs> Good job. Boy, you're looking on the bright side <laughs> thank today. Thank you. Thank I, you. You know, and the other thing, too, is I, I think, like, just looking at the – like, I remember here a couple years ago, was, the Rockets opened up here, Mike D'Antoni was starting, and we all kind of were wondering how this was all going to go. This is the year he ended up winning Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers – they were in year three of the rebuild and just trying to hold on to their top five pick. And they smoked them here on opening night. Like, they, they tend to do well here on opening nights, no matter who's playing. I, is that a prediction? Is, are, you, <laughs> are you headed in that direction? And I remember feeling like, oh, boy, this may not go well for Mike. Was that when Ooh. Randall got hurt? Was that when Randall got hurt and Dwight and Kobe Narrator. were chirping at each other? I think that's a year early. Narrator, it went well for Mike. <laughs> um, Later on, Mike D'Antoni did just fine. But I remember like that beginning because it was sort of like, ooh, how's the D'Antoni thing going to work? How's the, you know, Daryl was on the hot seat. like that. And then they go and lose to the, the horrible Lakers here on the first home open. I mean, how, how are you... Um, how do you how are you feeling about the buzz in the city right now? I think it's really interesting. Tonight's game seven of the NLCS. Um, last is that, is that I checked, baseball? It, yeah, that that is baseball. Okay. And I feel like Ohio the city State's is getting focused. pounded by Purdue at halftime right now, and I don't think they're going to win. Never that's, know. that's all I have to say. Your Buckeyes are usually pretty resilient. Can we get back they to talking about the back. good sport? But please? here's the thing: like the city Thank of LA, you. like, and I thought, and Dave, you can attest to this too. LeBron always aware showed up in a Dodger hat tonight. She was like, yes, he did. He showed up in a Dodger hat tonight. Yeah. I thought, oh, was it Dodger blue or was he doing the, the fashion thing where people wear Dodger hats in different colors? No, no it was Dodger blue, blue, but there, of course, was something extra. There was a palm tree embroidered onto the hat. Oh, was there? Yeah. So one thing I will say, um, I was standing in the Southwest VIP line, you know, just kind of checking the celebrity quotient. Go ahead. A bit, okay. Diane Cannon showed up. You could kind of see the stars coming back out. Okay. Does she know? still qualify? Oh, yeah. She, Diane Cannon? She's that's, that's like, do- like a, I know she's Laker she's royalty. Like grandfathered, grandmothered Grandfa- in. Grandfathered well, she's, in. she's definitely <laughs> Laker royalty. But like, there's the there is that buzz of like we're gonna see the A listers again. Is that she? That's the entrance that Ramona comes in. She comes in the VIP entrance. Oh, wow. So I she was know. already standing in line yeah. anyway. So that's what I she just came. you know if you cruise over, you get a little vibe for who's here. Who's you know are they showing up early? But I, I think the one thing I will say is that you know I know that people were out in the preseason, but tonight it the ticket is really expensive. Anybody who's a star in L.A. is going to want to be here. And I think it's going to be, like, the last few years it hasn't been A-list guys. Like, it hasn't been, like, there's been celebrities here. But 
they were losing and like by the middle of the season people would give away their seats and you, you know whoever had that in the front row I saw, like it was I like saw their a assistants quote where Denzel Washington had to ask his assistant whether they still had tickets yeah <laughs> That's never a good yeah, sign. Yeah, I mean, I, I oh, feel like Rachel we're going to get that Nichols. vibe again. Hello. Lakers LeBron about to start. We'll be Should, talking. Uh, I want to bring Steven. Come here. We're already over. I mean, okay. I love Steven. Jump producer, Steve Martinez. Hi, folks. Hi, America. What is your prediction for tonight? Uh, Lakers win. LeBron, 40 points. Wow. 40. Jesus. I can't what I say anyway, so I can just say whatever I you, want. This is all going to get it out. <laughs> St. Mary's High School, LeBron James. Well, it's 8-15. Um, the first quarter is over. The Rockets are up three on the Lakers. I'm here with Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, JaVale McGee is playing a ridiculously large role on this team. He had a very active first quarter. He's dunking. He's blocking shots. They're running plays for him. I never thought I'd see it. <laughs> but JaVale McGee is like a centerpiece of this team. LeBron has a couple of baskets, but this is what I'm watching tonight. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they have so little size. And, you know, you saw the other night when Kuzma actually was at the five at times and Portland scored at will on them, and, and that's going to be a difficult lineup. It's like, you know, the, the Lakers, here's part of their problem is, right, they have this small ball lineup without shooting. That, that's a that's a problem. That's true. Um, I, I was talking with Andrew earlier. We think like their six or seven best players are all guards and small forwards. They some of them masquerade as power forwards and centers, but you, you list off their best players, they're all small, but none of them can shoot. So they play small ball without the shooting, as you said. That's not really the recipe in the NBA today. But um, I just, you know, when you talk to executives about Javale, at least to me. They make fun of him. They they make fun of the Lakers, thinking he's going to be their starter. Not only is he their starter, he's like a big part of what they do. And like this night was all about LeBron. Javale was like Mr. First Quarter. He was doing everything. I just I find it I find it. I, I, I'm not going to make fun of him. I just find it strange. Listen, he's. I mean, he has showed himself to be a really gifted player in lots of ways. You know, it's the clowning and it's the, um, you know, he, he's an eccentric guy. Um, and I saw him earlier this summer. We were here out here on vacation and uh, we were at a Dodgers game and he came in a few rows in front of us and place went uh, How unfortunate for you. You were sitting right, right behind I was, him. I was behind, but the place went crazy. He's a fan. I mean, like, he's a... Um, He's an easy guy to root for. Fans, you know, he's, um, you know, he, he built, a, a, you know, a, that identity plays well on a championship team. And for sure. And uh, with Golden State, when you're doing that somewhere else, they'll call you a head case. But when you're winning, you're eccentric. When That's you're right. losing, you're, he's That's a head right. case, right? And so it, it'll be interesting to see Golden State, for some guys, has been somewhat of a reclamation. For their careers, uh, I, I thought it might do that for Nick Young. It hasn't. He's still out of the league. He hasn't right. been signed anywhere. Um, but it's been. You know, some people look, want him signed here. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like he's the final piece to this. <laughs> it seems like they, they've been there, done that. Does there a team made for Nick Young? It's yeah, this but, team but, right now. But you know, if they're 
Um, this is going to be a really. This has all the makings of a horrid defensive team. Right. And McGee is, um, you know, at, at least the one player at the rim who can provide some resistance. Well, LeBron and Rondo tonight so far always seem to be in the right place, which is why they. It's it's so it's so remarkable. Because Ron and Rondo are such certain types of players, and the guys that they're playing with are such the opposite end of the spectrum. I don't know. I've never seen a team like this before. Um, well, you know, it's funny. If if Cleveland had gone out and signed all these players with LeBron, they would have been ripped. Right. They would have been... It would have been treated very differently than... There was a benefit of the doubt given to them to sign this group in L.A. And again, they're all... They're on one-year deals, right. and they're probably all one-year guys here. I don't know. You look at the group of them, and they're all hoping one year with the Lakers turns into two or three somewhere else. I'm not sure with that group if any of them are going to be on multi-year contracts in the future. Um, but it's a year to let the young guys grow and see Josh Hart and Kuzma and Lonzo Ball, to, for them all to be able to take on a bigger role by next year. And, and, and then as they start to grow, you know, they've... You know, you know. Does Mo Wagner become a player for them down the road? That you know, the young guys that they've brought in here over the last couple of years, um, can they become rotation players? And and obviously, the Lakers will be big game hunting for a big free agent next summer, or maybe a star via trade. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to look and see how things are going to be in three months, much less three weeks. But oh, we do it all the time. I know, just part of our business. <laughs> it's not a real possibility that this team could look very different by February tenth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers, If and I think what you've seen from them so far is discipline and trying to see the long game with their young players. They didn't, they didn't um, uh, you know, empty their assets to go get Kawhi Leonard. Um, they've stayed largely out of the Jimmy Butler um, conversation. And, you know, I think... For the Lakers, like there may be a moment of truth next year, where who knows? Maybe Anthony Davis becomes available. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does not become available. Um, where in a perfect world, they sign a big free agent this summer, and then maybe they use assets the following year. If there's a whether it's Anthony Davis or another big star becomes available, they can get via trade. But Paul um, George tweaked him this week in that interview where he said basically he said that the Lakers would have traded for me. Yeah, he's, he's, he has said that since the day he arrived in Oklahoma City. I mean, I remember sitting down with him um, three or five, know, five or six days after he got to the Thunder, and it was, you know, and he wanted them, you know, I think if they had given up the number two pick or Brandon Ingram, um, Paul George would have been here. And I thought the Lakers, you know, and they certainly did play it conservative. And, like, it's easy to look back and second-guess it. But at the time, they had every reason to believe he'd come in free agency, and uh, he didn't, and they were also, you know, they also had, um, you know, like you've got to build with cheap and expensive talent that you have under control for years before you have to pay guys, before you bring in, you know, when you trade those players for the Paul Georges, you're going to max out. That's when you don't have depth and you don't have young players develop. develop. It, it's easy to second guess the Lakers on that, um, but you know, at the time, and it's the same thing with Kawhi. They said, well, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, for Ansi, they they may not get Kawhi either. That's true. I mean, on one hand, this could be the, this could have been the Paul George LeBron opening night, home opener at least, and would it be, we'd have a totally different feel for this team. I mean, right now, they're interesting, they're fun to watch, but they're not, in my mind, contenders. 
a year from now, this could be LeBron and Kawhi playing their first game together. Or not. Right. And that's why they're interesting, I guess. Yeah, I, I think there's... When you look at the big free agents available and what is it those guys are going to want, um, almost all of them have championships. And they're not ring chasing. That's true. And they're going to decide on a destination based on, I mean, Kevin Durant has championships. Kawhi Leonard has championships. Uh, Clay Thompson has championships. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving, if we still want to call him a free agent, you know. Technically, he's yeah. a free agent. I don't see him coming to play I with LeBron. I don't see him but, coming to play with but LeBron. technically, he's right, a free right. agent. Right, right. You know, so but I'm saying that, that group, though, I think can make decisions based, they can make decisions differently. I agree. About comfort, where they want to play. They don't have that hanging over them to go somewhere. And so um, how that impacts L.A. will be interesting because, like, I don't look at free agency and say, boy, I, I, I'm sure the Lakers are getting one of these big players. I, In fact, I'm not sure which one they would get. And so um, it may end up being trade. It may be, you know, again, we'll get – I mean, Anthony Davis thing will keep coming up until Anthony says, hey, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to commit long term. Until he does that, then – We'll wait for, you know, but again, he's got two full years left. Um, my sense has always been with Anthony that he is always, some players are looking for reasons to stay and some players are looking for reasons to leave. I've always felt that Anthony was a guy who's always looked for reasons to stay in New Orleans. Um, and um, I think that'll continue to be the case until he feels like he's out of them. But two years left on his contract, uh, um, you know, but I do think down the line that Boston, L.A., um, if he became available, you know, the two teams with the assets, Boston can always trump everybody's assets. Um, you know, that will be interesting, especially if the Lakers get shut out this summer. Well, they're not going to get shut out this, this quarter because they're playing the Rockets. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get back to uh, seeing how this uh, track meet goes. Thanks, Woj. I thanks, appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Okay, we're in the green room uh, with countdown. It's middle of the third quarter. The Rockets are up by three. Chauncey Billups, Paul Pierce, Jalen Rose, Michelle Beal. We didn't give Michelle a microphone. We're tired of hearing her voice. <laughs> Guys, what do you think of this game so far? Not a lot of defense being played. Uh, of course, you see like the beard, CP getting off. LeBron looks pretty good. But the thing is, we're trying to figure out who's going to be that second guy each and every night that's going to be consistent for the Lakers. Who's going to be that guy? That's what we're here to find. What Chauncey laughing at? I don't know. He's so, you must have said something. I'm, I'm, there's some inside joke that I'm not in on. It's them two all day, man. It's them two all day. Yo. Wayne, this game, man. It's like, it's like we thought it would be. It's like we thought it would be. You know, it's running up and down, shooting a whole bunch of threes. I mean, LeBron, I thought he was a little passive in the first half, trying to see who he – Who's gonna be his, you know, his wingman? But they're giving Harden I mean, a lot of space, man. Yeah. Javale McGee's playing a really if big he, role. If Javale McGee is gonna be their second best player, it's gonna be a long <laughs> year for the Lakers. <laughs> I think uh, both the of these teams are the playoff mic. squads, but it just shows how the Golden State Warriors are on a different level. <laughs> like their weaknesses. Especially when Capella or McGee aren't in the game. Both teams are small, can't protect the rim. 
Um, they play fast. They get up and down, but it's not a playoff style. You guys been having fun outside? You guys are doing out, countdown outside tonight? You having fun? We're having a great time interacting with the fans. We're having in front a great of time. Center. Yeah, That's like, a big you stage. sound like you're having the worst time. <laughs> We're having a great time. It's one of the best experiences of our lives. We're not out there right now. Okay. Can uh, can we get Paul to do that JaVale McGee line one more time? He was real proud of that one. Can you do that he one for us? Just, he was practicing <laughs> for later. That wasn't me, as a matter of fact. That wasn't me. Who was that? That wasn't me who said that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great uh, post-game show. Thank you, Wendy. You're the Thanks, best. Wendy. Normally, you know, normally you guys would have been out of here by now. That's actually a good point. True. Normally, you're right. Halftime of the 10:30 Eastern game. You yes. guys have been gone. Yes. 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 Would have been in, we, you'd have been home. You'd been. Oh, you've been halfway home. One glass of wine already. I would have been two glasses in. <laughs> Running to the red eye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right now. You all good, man. Security trying to separate, so are some of the teammates. There's going to be suspensions for this one as Rondo immediately heads back to the locker room. Ingram still joined. Carmelo Anthony still joined. Well, it's... What time is it, Rachel? You picked quite a game to do this audio documentary on. Yes, it's um, it's eleven twenty two. <laughs> who won? I can't remember. Mm, Rockets. Rockets won. James but who Harden really won? <laughs> um, did we all win? We had a nice you little. You won. Pe- NBA Twitter won. They did. Yes. Um, and just for NBA Twitter, because you know you know what they're thinking about the tunnel. Security personnel plugged the tunnel. Dude. I, I, the minute the fight was going on on the court, I assumed that the radios were going off in the Staples Center right. security. Get to the tunnel! Go, 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 go! Code green, code green. <laughs> um, so I can't believe anybody listening to this wouldn't have known what would happen. But I did walk into the coach's room in the Rockets locker room. First of all, I was surprised they hadn't seen the video yet. So I'm yeah. showing Mike D'Antoni the video on my phone. Um, I just said to him, I said, can you guys come into this building and play a normal game, please? Well, first off, Rondo, by the time this podcast publishes, I think we'll know, we'll know the suspensions. Mm-hmm. So let's just play a little parlor game. Sure. Um, I don't, I, you know, there's there's crazy talk out there, people talking about 10 games. No, I, no, no. no. I, I think... Um, ESPN's Bobby Marks thinks one game yeah, each. I think that's a little bit low. I think it will be yes. multiple games, two or three games. You had, you had. First of all, it's big name players on the big stage. Also, one of them is a president of the players union. Yes, and one of them, Rondo. Let's just be honest. Rondo has a history. They, I mean, the, these two guys have a history with each other. It goes back a decade plus. Yes. Um, all right. Let's just let's just play a little parlor game of what we think. There's going to be three guys suspended here. I say Rondo gets the most games by one. Well, he landed two punches, correct? Rondo landed a square one yes. in Chris's eye. No, that's still, by the way, the still of Chris Paul poking at Rondo's face 
and the still photo of Rondo connecting to Chris Paul's jaw. The video is always, of course, you know, the video, we, we, everyone watches that video on a loop, but the photo stills of those two moments are going to live for a long time. All right, so I'm going to say Rondo. Don't forget Brandon Ingram, by the way. We'll get there. I think Rondo is going to get one more game than Chris Paul. Yes, I think that's fair. And I think it's going to be three games. I would say three for I'm, I'm guessing, of course. Three for Rondo, two for Chris Paul, two for Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I mean, Ingram threw a punch, probably multiple games. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be crazy. Maybe if the league is angry at Rondo for his past transgressions, maybe they think, get... I don't, I don't think that has to come into it, right? Can I ask a question? No. All right. <laughs> So, you, Don't Andrew. ever start with that. Uh, you ask your question, Andrew Hahn. You stand up for yourself. So the players are congregating uh, in the middle of the court. Yes. Rachel, you're in the arena. Brian, you're deep in the bowels of stables. And then punches start flying. What's going through your heads for the rest of the evening? Because I'm sh- assuming that everyone's like, look, this is a home game, and then we're going to go home. Um I started talking to a league executive who was here scouting who told me, was telling me stories of Rondo and Chris Paul hating each other in the 2008 Olympic team, which yeah. Rondo was cut from. Then I contacted the NBA to request an interview with the officials, which was declined. Brian is very sour about this. I'm not sour. It's yes, just, you are. I'm just making a statement. The interview was declined. <laughs> are you sour? They declined it because they said there was no judgment call. To be judged, there was no question. They rejected for throwing punches. What do you want to ask about? You're sour. No, it's fine. I actually don't care. Um, <laughs> ra- um, and then this is I, the fourth time he's brought up that his interview request was declined. And then I scrambled <laughs> to the Rockets locker room. You were already on scene. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, I mean, it, obviously, when that happens, just everybody's trying to stand up and see what's going on. And what, what I thought was really interesting to be in the moment of, and I don't think was probably captured as much on TV, is just on the court, there were sort of these waves of you sort of saw, I think it was, Le- I might get this wrong, but like LeBron and someone else like pulling Brandon Ingram all the way to the far corner because he was so heated, they thought he was going to go back at people. And then the wave of sort of rockets that went toward the scores table and sort of Mike D'Antoni with sort of and then yeah. the, the officiating the officials. You want to the scores table? <laughs> because Chris wanted to get to the broadcast and put his side of the story. Oh, no, no, no. But but Mike D'Antoni going to the scores table, not the broadcast table, the oh, other side, the right, scores but table. That, they went to the yes. broadcast table. No, that was amazing to me that Chris Paul in the moment is already doing damage control and shaping the narrative by going to the broadcast crew and telling them that Rondo spit at him. And I tweeted out, hey, Chris Paul just told on broadcast crew. And people were like, you're shaping the narrative for Chris. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. No, he, I'm he, saying he, that Chris Paul went to our broadcast crew and told them this. Right, right. And by the way, I don't know if there was spit. I do. You see Chris wiping this his is, face. This is like, but that doesn't mean that he was wiping it for spit. This He's is like just the wiping Seinfeld his face. Episode right? with the magic loogie. Right. <laughs> was he just vociferously talking? So... The Lakers video crew was scrambled on this yes. and looked at it, quote, frame by frame. Right. And the Zapruder spit could film. Could not, like, were scrambled into action. Right, that there was no spit. To look for the Rondo, you know, projectile. Spit, right. And I am told frame by frame footage shows no such projectile. <laughs> but Chris Paul, Chris Paul poked him in his face for a yes. reason. Well, look, something happened. 
right? Yes. I mean, Chris Paul is clearly reacting to something. Now, he could be reacting in a not cool way, right? Like, I obviously, I don't know. I was not courtside. And maybe by the time this pod comes out, we will know more. But you can see, I mean, you can just see he goes from, like, what? He's never. I was going to say zero to sixty. He, Chris Paul's never a zero. Right. He goes from like ten to eighty right. <laughs> in, in about ten seconds. You know, in, in half a second. Now maybe he was reacted to something Rondo said. You don't punt, poke someone in the eye for that. Maybe he thought he was spit on. You can kind of you can see him sort of wipe his face. Now if you can't see spit getting to that, maybe he felt something and thought that Rondo spit on him. But he didn't. Maybe Rondo's talking and spittle came out. I don't know. I will say this. He this- does. He does. I mean, but Chris like. You can see Chris yeah. just there, there was explode. an escalation there, right? And there had to. If, if, we, if we were in court, you'd say, "Why would he escalate?" Yes. You can sort of draw it. Um, our our other he, he didn't end up making it on the pod because he's chasing people down. Uh, Om Young Masik said this. I want to give him credit. That, you know, so often we see little confl- conflagrations, conflagrations, little skirmishes, whatnot, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Oh." This was a this was a fight. Fight. This was a fight. Punches thrown and I will landed. say that in the first half, there was a moment um, on on the other side of the court where Chris and Rondo were guarding each other, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't good." Like they were just sort of net, you know, that that sort of nettling at each other and kind of elbows and all of that. And that's what the scout who was here at the game said. He goes, "I saw these guys in the it. first no, half." You, you could see exactly. It I saw the same thing, and I was like, oh, yeah. "Okay, this isn't good." But they're the same guy. That's the thing. Right? In terms of their well, on-court Well, if you demeanor? told it to them, they would... Well, no, they would yeah. both, yes. Well, I'm sorry. That came out wrong. I just meant that their competitiveness yes. and sort of propensity to react emotionally to things is the same. They are not the same guy, but, but they are the same. But I will same. say this. I'm telling you, the league does not like Rondo because of Why? the Bill Kennedy situation. Oh, yeah. I can understand and I, that. And I, and I think that past behavior is... I think there's enough here, Brian. I don't think they need to take any of that into account. I think there's enough Um, right here. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to this audio documentary. It turned out we thought it was a nice. We went over to the countdown set. We were having a nice time. It was all fun. (laughs) How's it going? No, he already left. He's on the plane. How's it going? This guy just mistook me for Adrian Wojnarowski. Amazing. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective. Thank <laughs> you, Rachel. There, there's a security guard right now going down the hall. Like, that's Adrian Wojnarowski. Yes, he, that dude works for ESPN. It's amazing. Thank God for Woj. Woj.